What up, party people? Today is a great episode of Max's Mad World of Sports. I will be joined by Alex, who normally hits me up for NFL Fridays, where we catch up about NFL, goof off, make fun of people, have a great time. But today is a little bit more serious, and I'm going to ask her her opinion on the fact that women are pushing and pushing and breaking glass ceilings constantly in sports. We're also going to hired about- by the Florida Marlins as their GM, which makes it the first female to be a GM in all four of the major American sports franchises. How about that? And also the crazy story behind Amy Palsik, who is the senior VP of communications with the Houston Texans, fired because she wasn't a cultural fit. All that and more on today's podcast. Let's get going. Alex Cumbie joining me for a very special episode today normally we do fridays where we goof around have a good time talk about what we're streaming what's shitty what's great what isn't and today though with big news to the major league baseball and professional sports stratosphere kind of prompted me to do this episode kim ing is now the gm of the florida marlins which makes the very first woman to ever be a general manager in the four major u.s sports the big four hockey football, baseball, or basketball, we have the first female GM ever. How badass is that? Alex, come. I would say it's, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like, it's cool. And then it, hearing things like this kind of make me go like, damn, really? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I. it's so odd that there's so many um, still industries that are just like so male. But I mean, you got to start somewhere. So fuck it. Go, girl. Get it. (laughs) So it's been quite the year, right? 2020 has been certainly a year of reflection, sadness, anger, hate. But for those of you that are intelligent and research-based and understand, you know, are educated enough or fuck your credentials of education, you're just a good human, decent human being. The end of 2020 has actually been the best chapter of the book. You know, it's kind of like the end of the Harry Potter series. It's like, holy shit, book seven, everyone's fucking dying in the beginning. This is sad as fuck. And then at the end, it's like, oh, thank God. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Return of the Jedi after Empire Strikes Back. It's uh, Endgame after Infinity War, whatever kind of thing you want to call it. And I'm going to start off first that the WNBA looked great. No positive tests in the bubble. Also, the Seattle Storm are, I think, the uh, the next big dynasty in professional sports. They look super, super dominant. And I think the WNBA, thanks to ESPN, um, broadcasting more and more games, I think that's a win for them. And also, especially with Breonna Taylor and the outspoken cry against the injustice towards black women being murdered by the police. And then we had the George Floyd thing. We had the Jacob Blake also earlier in the year, but, uh, but, but women, women of color are also persecuted. And, uh, and, and I've always said this, this country is more sexist than it is racist. I really firmly believe that. Um, I was actually watching Lincoln on sat last Saturday and it's, it's funny. Spielberg nailed it when they're in the house of representatives. He's like, so you're going to free the slaves. It's like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, and then what's next? The black vote? Oh, rubble, rubble, rubble. But then he's like, then the women voting? And then everyone gets out of their chairs, throws papers, breaks shit. It's like, yeah. damn, that's, that's some truth right there. 
Um, yeah. So I felt good. Did you watch any of the WNBA earlier this this season at all? No, I don't have like real TV. <laughs> okay. I guess I'd have to. I guess I could illegally stream it, right? Yeah, totally. Why not? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just do that. I can give you my ESPN login anytime. Oh, sick. <laughs> yeah, I always offered that. So, so that happened earlier in, uh, I think, like, very first week of October. Then the Los Angeles Lakers, much to my happiness, won an NBA title. They're 17th. But for the first time, a female owner in the majority of sports in the NBA, I think, counts. I'm not going to count the St. Louis Rams widow wife. She is that. No, I'm not going to count you. But I'm going to count Jeannie Buss because Jeannie Buss was instrumental in putting this Laker team together, getting her brother out of here, kicking his ass to the curb, and getting herself a ring. And uh, looking pretty dominant here in this offseason as the NBA season will start very, very shortly here. What did you think about Jeannie Buss hoisting the um, Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season? That's great. I like I like how her immediately when you kind of gave that little summary of her ousting, uh, I, I kind of it made me think of like a boy bye scenario, and it's like okay, get the fuck out. <laughs> I'm gonna take shit over, um, and that's awesome. And I mean, it's it's well deserved. The Lakers have been, you know, struggling. <laughs> You could say they've been dog shit for like the last time. <laughs> it's okay. Because it's true. Yeah. It's been one of those where it's like, you know, I remember when it kind of started tanking down and I heard someone say like, I'm still going to go home and watch the lake show. And I was like, but is it the lake show? <laughs> no, it's like, it's like watching uh, a bad Netflix series when you could have been watching like The Sopranos or Mad Men or Breaking Bad or something like that. Even like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think it's one of the best produced shows on television right now. But it's like you're watching Vampire Diaries. That was that version of the Lakers. They were a CW, low production, piece of shit show. <laughs> like Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram, who was the most improved player this year. Good for him to get go to New Orleans and do his thing. Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma, who may not be a Laker for much too longer from what I'm re- reading. Um, but Jeannie Buss, how about this? Biting her tongue and letting her dad's will play out. So her brother, her, her father passes away. Her brother is next in line. She didn't make a peep. She didn't say anything. And she basically held her brother accountable for the four years that he would take over the team and be like, look, after four years, if we ain't winning, you're out. And that was that. I like that. See, that's what happens when you give someone like a shot. You know what I mean? Give them their little... Give it to him. Let him go for it. And then it's like, all right, you fucking suck. Get out and let me do the job, you know? Yeah. And and, and to sing her accolades, she has been a Laker since she was a teenager. Then her dad put her through business school so she could run the marketing of the team. So she was always about the brand, the brand, the brand. When her father passed away, she was ready to take over the team, but had to wait for her brother to have his shot, who was never really involved in the team before. He's just a rich boy. And then he fucks it up. And he's like, hey, clean up my mess. Bye, sis. You know, takes off in the Corvette, right? And she not only, you know, hires smart people around her, but also 
gets Magic Johnson to get LeBron James here, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Gotta love that woman, right? You go, girl. And in her first year, which would have been, I think, 2016 or 17, might have been, it might have been 16, had to be where she made the decision to pay Kobe Bryant what he was owed knowing that the rest of the team was going to suffer because of the cap. But she was like, I'm finally going to make Kobe Bryant the highest paid player in the game because we're a family. We take care of each other. This is like a thank you contract. And we'll we'll rebuild after that. And I think that sentiment rang true when LeBron came over. And as this organization has continued to be uh, ran by by a family, which is one of the few organizations in professional sports run by a family, but also it's headed by a female. That's a big, big difference, I think. So I love Jeannie Buss and uh, congrats to her. So that felt good. Continuing on our trend here. So today, Kim Ng is now the GM of the Florida Marlins, or excuse me, Miami Marlins. I'm sorry, Derek Jeter, don't kill me. Uh, the Miami Marlins made the playoffs this year, somehow, some way. Don Mattingly just got manager of the year. And now they have a new general manager. And what's great about this, I think, is baseball does not have a gender rule. You could be a female and play baseball. They just haven't found her yet. Mm-hmm. She's coming, I think, though. Especially in the pitch. I think she's coming. I think yeah. so. Though the Yankees scouted a pitcher from Japan like seven or eight years ago. She just couldn't, like, I think she was like throwing 93, 94. God damn. Right? <laughs> That's what happens when you're raised off of that Kobe beef in Japan, you know? Oh. <laughs> when they eat it, do they just go, Kobe? I've <laughs> yeah. done that when I was in Japan. Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> yeah. It's just been, a, it's been quite, a, quite the year for women at the end. And then finally, more importantly, I guess sports is just a game, right? But more importantly, Kamala Harris is the vice president of the United States elect because she has to be sworn in on January 20th. Um, what Madam Vice talk? President. So clearly you're happy about that. Talk more about. Me and some friends were just talking about like how we can't wait for the glow up of Kamala Harris. Like who's going to be fucking tailoring her suits to actually fit her, right? Because there's some issues, but <laughs> Michelle Obama, like, or any, any first lady really, but like, well, excuse the current one, but it's like, they're, they come in as average people, you know what I mean? They're, she's from fucking Oakland, you know what I mean? Like average person going into the white house. And I can't wait to see, like, she already had like a sharp tongue. She would already had no problem coming after the dudes like you know that debate with mike pence like oh dear god i I love that i love every moment she was just like by the way i'm still talking and like you know just like kind of shut them down and it's great i love that she's a badass attorney and it's like and it's funny because i feel like you can see that people are scared of that they're scared of someone if if she were a dude if she had a dick people wouldn't be scared of him they'd be like oh assertive you know what I mean? Like it's it's very much like because she is female and she is assertive and she can take charge of a conversation and put you in your place because she's probably smarter than you. 
that intimidates people. It scares the shit out of them. I think like it scared the shit out of most fragile conservative white men because they're delicate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, can you speak about that? And it's like the workplace. You're a badass female. You've been one of my best friends for, oh my God, almost 16. Half years. our lives. Yeah. Oh, we're old. Get old. <laughs> ew. 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 Old. Ew. Frankly, old. Anyway. <laughs> but can you talk about that? You've been, you've always been what I call assertive, badass. You, you're opinionated. Uh, there's a great line in Mad Men. Now, there's tons of great, great lines in Mad Men, but one of them is Roger Sterling is one of the, you know, kind of old men, bigoted kind of dude. But he goes up to uh, Peggy, who's like the heroine of the show, because she's working her way up in a man's world and getting the job and the, and the gigs that she deserves. But he like looks at her. He's like, can I ask you an opinion? And she's like, you never talk to me. And he's like, well, you're not like them. You don't have this stupid look on your face. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Can you, can you talk about that? Like basic versus badass. So I attribute it back to kind of how I was raised because in my family, uh, and it's funny because I come from, you know, half Caucasian, half Latin background. My mother's side of the family is all Latin. So a lot of people kind of have this stereotype of like, you know, Latin women, they cook, they clean, they pop out babies and just like take care of them basically, you know, but it's very interesting. Cause I feel like my mother was very much the opposite. My mom became an engineer. She was one of the only women in her major. She's one of the, was always one of the only women in her like departments, wherever she worked, she was working in like aerospace and like auto engineering and all that shit. So it's like, she was kind of always among the boys to begin with. And even when it comes to like home life, people, it's funny. I've had a lot of people ask like, oh, did your mom cook for you guys all the time? time?" And I'm like, actually, my dad was the one who was home from work first. He cooked us dinner. My mom came home, busted through the door, slamming her keys on the counter, being like, I had a fucking rough day. I mean, like the role reversal was real, like in our household. So it's interesting because that fed into my brain of like being the total opposite of some women out there that I think were raised by stay at home moms or moms that just like maybe they went to school, but as soon as they met their husbands, they like kind of quit their jobs and just, well, whatever, he can take care of things. I'll just, you know, go to spin class and then pick the kids up from school. But I was always told like that's, that's not okay. Like that's, that's not a thing. Like you need to always have your own, always make your own money. Um, always be independent. And <laughs> on the other, on the other front, um, my mother is never shy to always let you know her opinions. So it's like very. I've been there before. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we've always been very outspoken. Um, blunt is something I have heard to describe myself and personality type many times. Um, And in like the workplace, I think that very much intimidates people. I've had issues where I've intimidated even my own superiors and bosses, someone who's hired me. They like me in an interview. They like what I've got going on, whatever. They hire me and they see that I am not dependent 
I'm self-reliant. I do my job. If sure, if I might have a fucking question, sure, I'll ask it. But I'm really self-sufficient, <laughs> like professionally too. If I want to learn something, I'll go figure out and learn it. I'm very self-taught with a lot of things. So that bothers people sometimes. I think I've seen it bother people if you don't need them and you're not dependent and you can get shit done yourself. And it's very, I think, in a weird, and people don't want to realize it. They don't want to come to terms with it. But I think it makes a lot of people men for sure, but even also women who don't feel like they're on that same page, it is unsettling to them. I think it makes them uncomfortable because it's like, why don't I, I don't walk into a room like that. I don't have that presence when I walk into a room. How do I do that? And it makes someone feel maybe insecure or maybe unsure of themselves. You know what I mean? So it's, it sucks, but I think it's starting to happen more and more now that women across the board are finding that, that confidence, finding that voice. And I mean, the whole pay gap thing is a perfect example where it's like, I think we've just been, the examples we've had before us tend to be a little more timid, more shy. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm just lucky to have this job kind of attitude where it's like, no, any other dude with a dick walking in the room is going to be like, yeah, I deserve this job and I deserve more pay. And if you come at something with that attitude, you know what I mean? Like you do have to advocate for yourself. And I feel like a lot of girls and women haven't really been taught that being raised. So I think now with our new Madam Vice President or, you know, AOC kind of bugs me to abbreviate her name like that, but everyone does it, I guess. Um, but all these women that are coming up and getting it done, not to, not to, <laughs> Not to randomly call out the boys, but girls get it done. It's <laughs> also something in season two of the boys. They focus on like all the badass women who are just like killing shit, you know? And it's like, it's fun. It's funny because it's weird that it did. It is taking this long. It is like such a slow moving process. But then I also see the same thing with like Black Lives Matter and like those kinds of things where it's like, why is this? still topic of conversation it's pretty crazy but i mean it's you got to start somewhere and even if the progress is slow it's still progress right baby steps every little every little step counts and i think i'm just a freakazoid because my i was raised by two women my mother and my grandma who were stubborn as hell which makes me stubborn as hell and also just didn't need anyone to do anything they just figured it out and Mm -hmm. I really like women or I'm attracted to it's getting all personal now (laughs) women that know exactly what they want and don't need shit from you. It's like one of the greatest, it's like, Whoa, it's like a a light bulb goes off in my head. And it's like, that reminds me of my upbringing, you Mm -hmm. know? And I think that what's hard is, or what's the truth is a lot of men are dickless. Or, or, or their penis is so small that they have to show you how big or think they're big, their dick is big, which is weird. And mm-hmm. you see that with cars that they buy. You see that in the way that they act with possessions. You see that in the way that they are in the, in the uh, conference room or the meeting room, like, you know, very, very happy bro culture kind of thing. Oh, Bodhi. Very right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is as Mad Men, when I was watching it in real time, 
there was an article that came out. Um, I can't, uh, I can't remember who did it, but it was like the, the truth of Mad Men is that the women always get everything done on the show, which is actually true. The women always solve the problems on the show, which I thought was a really smart way by Matthew Weiner who created the show to showcase how flawed all these men are and how all the women have to do extra and actually solve every single big problem to the point where even Don Draper's daughter at the end of the show is one that vindicates him of all of his sins at the end for him to move on with his life. I think is pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like I see that in real life. It's like, I don't know what it is. I mean, we could talk about like the fucking boy culture too. It's like how, I mean, you technically, you were raised very differently, but it's like, I feel like you see it with, um, I mean, even with my own friends and my own personal understanding when it comes to like boys and how boys are raised it's just a different mentality it's a different mindset i feel like a lot of boys are are raised with entitlement um for some reason i don't know why um and so when something see it later in life in adulthood when something doesn't go their way it's like they don't know how to fucking deal you know what i mean they don't know how to deal it's just like it's whereas women it's like i feel like we're automatically taught to prepare for the worst and to fucking figure it out like that's kind of like figure it out because you don't know if anyone is going to help you you have to figure it out so i think in a weird way women are have in the way we're raised even though like the gender role thing fucking sucks and i mean slowly but surely that's crumbling but i think we our mothers always prepared us kind of for the worst our mothers prepare us to be used by people, to be bribed by people, mostly men, but even to be wary of other women. Which, sure. it, yeah, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, because I think it gives us tough skin and it allows us to bounce back pretty quickly. Um, whereas I see, I feel like men tend to struggle with that a little bit more, but I don't know. No, I think I think you're right. I think men, boys become like, the star of their mother's eyes and they think especially boys for some reason like mama's boy like i've been called that before but i do love my mom because she's all i got you know my dad (laughs) never knew me so my mom but my mom like got to me in certain points in my life where it was like oh it's time to put that away you're not a kid anymore you got to do this my mom hit me with something when i was five starting kindergarten and she said you and i are a team and this team can't function without us being on the same page. And I'm like five. And I'm like, oh, she's that, like, that is like some deep words that people need to hear now in adulthood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so uh, that stuck with me. And my mom's done a lot in my life to keep hitting me over the head. My mom's big thing is like move forward, be a warrior. She had to figure it out with my whole father situation. But I see this in the workplace and in sports, which is a male dominated, you know, kind of driven business. It's great to see women cleaning shit up and moving things forward. Jeannie Buss to me is a hero because not only did I want her to be the owner as soon as her father died, because I knew she was involved with the team the whole time, but I saw how awful her brother was doing everything. And for her to just be Every time they try to just get a comment out of her, the media, she just, with grace and style, just was like, 
he's the he is the owner. It's him. He's leading the team. I can't speak to that or something to that effect. Something so gracious. And then when he left, she was like, time to pull the trigger on the smart stuff. <laughs> All right, now let's actually get some shit done. <laughs> right. And so, so today, uh, Kim Ng is now the GM of the Marlins, which is huge. But of course, I read the Twitter comments. Mm. And remember, half of our country voted for Trump. And that's okay if you're, you know, a racist and bigot and xenophobe and all that stuff. That's fine. You know, or you have some closeted, <sighs> like, closeted, like, racial profiling denial. Like, you're just like, oh, I'm not a racist, but if I have to say that, I might be just a little bit. Right. But all lives matter, people. <laughs> right, right. So I was reading all this stuff and one of my favorite, and I think it's a bot, I don't think it's real, but one of my favorite things is like, I'm leaving, I'm moving out of this country. This country has gone to shit. I'm moving to Alaska. (laughs) I'm like, uh, this country is Alaska. Hey, I don't know. I've never been to Alaska. It could kind of be like another country. (laughs) I mean, we frack them all the time. So screw it. Right. Oh God. Jeez. People. Yeah, people, I think it's a bot. I th- I've seen this with the Trump stuff and, and uh, you know, his Twitter is something, a form of hilarity to me. Um, but I saw that. One of the other ones I saw was, uh, I'm a Marlin season ticket holder. So first of all, sorry about that. Second, yeah. second of all, he goes, Why are you bragging? <laughs> yeah, but this is it. You will take no more of my money. I'm over this team. I was like, your team just made Florida. the playoffs. God. Your team just made the playoffs. And, uh, and you're going to be over this team? Shows to me that you're not a real fan. Again, Florida fans are most, the most fickle fans ever. Um, and then another one that got me, that really pissed me off. Really pissed me off. And I hate ignorant people. I don't care what you are. If you're an ignoramus, fuck you. <laughs> so this guy goes, what are her qualifications? What are her qualifications is the question mark, right? Mm-hmm. But instead of understanding that this woman served as a special advisor to the White Sox from 1990 to 1996, then she joined the Yankees as an analyst from 98 to 2001. So she has three rings, by the way, three World Series rings. Mm-hmm. Then she was with us during the uh, O'Malley transition to McCourt years, 2002 to 2011 with the Dodgers. And then... She comes over to the commissioner's office from 2011 to 2020 as a special advisor, like a conciliary from the mob to Joe Torrey. And now she's a G that's 30 years in this business. She's fucking qualified. I would say. And I, I think the thing that I love most about that is like, you know, you can just Google it, right? Like if you were actually like, Oh, I don't really know her that well. And you just look it up. You'd be like, Oh shit. Like, okay this bitch probably knows what she's talking about <laughs> instead of just like, but that's how social media works. People just like to fire off some shit and it's like, no one actually researches anything or even really knows what they're talking. Well, about. he'll research election fraud on Google, but he won't look up this woman's qualifications. Oh, the other- research Sharpie gate. <laughs> yeah. Sharpie gate. Fuck that. Then the other thing that, that always gets me here with baseball, my biggest problem with baseball always has been the analytics. And most of the GMs in the league are Harvard Business School, Princeton graduate, fucking 
you know, math, Excel spreadsheet boys that can't probably catch a fucking baseball if I threw it at their fucking head. And they come out of school and they have their master's degree and whatever and whatnot, and then they get the job. That should piss you off a little more than a woman that has worked 30 years in baseball. Yeah, I would say she's pretty patient. (laughs) (laughs) But she loves the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, fuck. I I couldn't tell you many people that would have that kind of resume, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chime Bloom or whatever. He's 37 years old and he's the GM of the Red Sox. He's the chief baseball officer of the Red Sox. He's 37 years old. Like, and he traded Mookie. He related to. Well, he traded Mookie Betts. He did all those deals. He got rid of some salaries with Boston. Like, nobody seems to want that guy's head on a stick, you know? And this double standard thing always has always made me mad and has always pissed me off. And obviously for women, it's extremely so. And I totally understand that. Um, but this brings me to like what I guess I want to discuss the bigotry and the stupidity and the ignorance of people, especially in this country, where I don't know if you heard about this, but I'm bringing this up right now, which I heard about on Wednesday. And I do want to bring this up. Amy Palsik. She was the vice president of communications for the Houston Texans. Okay. She was fired on Wednesday or let go because she, uh, we didn't see her as a cultural fit. She's also the only woman in NFL to have this position of a senior vice president of public, of communications, public relations. NFL reporters from ESPN to Fox to NBC to wherever sent out a tweet storm of just like, what the fuck is, are the Houston Texans doing? Her job is to communicate with journalists and reporters and everyone loves her. She also won an award for this, by the way, she won an award in 2017, the Pete Rozelle award for the best public relations staff in the entire NFL. Did she like reject someone who tried to ask for her phone number and they fired her? (laughs) So one last tidbit, J.J. Watt, who is the most important Houston Texan of all time, tweeted out and said, I can't believe she's gone. Not only did she kill her job, but she also helped me with my hurricane relief efforts. And she was a big advocate to helping the, the many, the much millions of dollars we raised for hurricane relief in Houston. I'm sad to see her go. So what I discovered over time and researching this she sent out political tweets campaigning or being for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Jesus Christ. Are you- for, those, for those that can't see, Alex just face palmed. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I don't even know. Where did it begin? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know where to begin or Jesus. I mean, I understand, I understand political views are political views. That's fine. But she didn't really tweet anything out that was um, derogatory to one side or the other. It was just like vote for Biden Paris. Like that was it. Yeah. And I'm sorry. Like, why can't you have an opinion? 
Like, why Why is that a fireable offense? That's so fucking ridiculous. Jesus. Like, I don't know. But that's just stupid that organizations fucking retarded because, yeah, we're, we're taking the word back. And, uh, yeah, no, that's disgusting. I mean, I'm sure she'll easily get picked up and hopefully work for a way better organization. But, like, Jesus, that's so stupid that that even would have had to happen. Yeah, she retweeted a Reese Witherspoon uh, tweet about um, Kamala Harris being the vice president-elect. She retweeted, she just retweeted this on November 7th, and she said, anything is possible with an American flag and a, and a heart. Yeah, anything is possible unless you work for the Houston Texans, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so on uh, yesterday, uh, Amy tweeted, on what was arguably the most humiliating day of my life, People showed up, my friends, colleagues, and total strangers. PR can often be a thankless job, and I know that for sure. We live behind the scenes, lifting others up. A great reminder that being a good person matters in the long run. Thank you, heart emoji. And that's classy as fuck. And she also just hired a lawyer. Background, she was, in the background, she was probably just like, fuck all of you people. <laughs> yeah, Houston Texans, culture fit. Hmm, I wonder what that means. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, she she's gonna be better off now. Bye. Well, not only that, she's got a lawyer, so something's gonna be settled there. And I love our team, the San Francisco 49ers. We have a female coach on our team. <laughs> That's a badass. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could hurt all of us. <laughs> Did you say say that again? You feel like she can hurt all of us? Yeah. She's so, badass. Hey, maybe we're in the market for some PR. I don't know. Yeah, I think we could use them. I like her. I think this woman's resume speaks for itself. I think the accomplishments that she did in a very extremely dominate, male-dominated sport, um, it just speaks volumes to me. So there's still, there's still the struggle, you know? Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Because she's just tweeting out what she believes. Right. And that should never be something that you lose a fucking job over. It's so ridiculous. I just, I don't understand when I, when I think about it, when, it, when you look at all of her tweets, I mean, they're so awesome, but then she's like historic day for, uh, you know, First VP elect, first woman, first black person, first Asian American, hashtag represent her. That's not, to me, that's not picking a political side. That's just, that's That's just literally acknowledging, it's acknowledging like a moment in history. It's a moment in American history. So it's like, if you were someone who couldn't acknowledge that in 2008 it was pretty cool to have our first african-american president whether you're whatever fucking political party you're a part of it's like you know what it's about time it's kind of cool like first time in history that the united states has an african-american president like regardless of what party you support whether you voted for the guy or not that's just acknowledging something in our history right it's a relevant date. It's in history books. Our grandkids are going to be reading about it. So it's like, I don't see how that, how could that be anything but just 
positive. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't see why anyone should be punished for acknowledging American history happening as it's unfolding. It's just, yeah, you're stating a fact. <laughs> I remember how sick I was when we had the RNC in Cleveland, when I was working at the rock and roll hall of fame oh, and yeah. yeah, it was awful. And, uh, also saw the fall of journalism when a person that works for the New York times was telling me to be on a Snapchat. Um, I was like, you work for the New York times. Um, yeah. Anyway, one of the things that really ticked me off about that organization, I guess I understand it's government funded, but at the same time, we couldn't take any sort of political stance at the time. Mm-hmm. And what's ironic is you fast forward to when everyone was putting the black squares on stuff Mm -hmm. and the statements of XYZ company does not embrace bigotry or sexism or racism or whatever. They put that up. And I almost wanted to be really pissy and be like, where was this in 2016? You fucks. Because really we were there while I saw People say that they didn't want people of color to escort them anywhere. I saw that. I saw uh, hide the people of color in the back. I saw different things where we were a whore. We'll take money. As long as, we're ta- as, long as you're giving the, the, the museum money to host your bigot party, we'll take it. And uh, one of them consisted of Third Eye Blind performing a show, which I thought was hilarious. But they, they needed money, too. I remember that. <laughs> um, it was really awkward, really awkward. The greatest fan meet and greet of all time I've ever seen in my life. And uh, then Governor Kasich was the final party on the day of Trump's nomination as the Republican uh, president elect to be. And uh, he held a party talking shit on his own Republican party because he didn't believe in Trump. And I felt like, oh, there's somebody that's that's got a you know, good head on their shoulders a little bit here. Um, so all that kind of came rushing to me as 2020 went, where people were tweeting the black squares, companies were coming out with their statements against, you know, we don't support racism and blah, blah, blah. And uh, the company I worked for four years ago, in 2016, just ignored all that, which sucks. And they just, uh, did nothing. <laughs> No, they just took, they took, no, they took money. No, they didn't do anything. They just took money. Mm, Yeah. And I will say that that Prophets of Rage show at the Cleveland Agora, that Wednesday night of that week, I, I screamed, I yelled, I, with a lot of people bash shit because, and we marched to the queue, which I thought was really cool at the end of the show. I thought that was really awesome. Um, I needed that. I think a lot of people needed that. So. What a weird time that was. Uh, it's still a strange time to be alive right now, but I'm happy that women are continually breaking that glass ceiling. You know, I saw a tweet the other day. It's like, where, sho- where was it? Watch your shoes or wear your shoes because there's glass all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's like, I'm seeing it. I'm glad I'm seeing it more and more in our actual government because, yeah, it's. We need that example, you know what I mean? We need 
little girls need that example. They need to know that it's not, you can just be the first lady. You know what I mean? They, I don't want that to be their, their highest aspiration for something in a, a title in our country. Ooh, I could be first lady one day. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's so ass backwards. Um, so I'm glad to see that that's actually, it's slowly but surely shifting. And that's all we can really ask for. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's, there's, uh, you see the, the conscious, I call it conscious. Cause I hate the word woke. I think it's just stupid. Yeah. It's, it's dumb. Like Drake, probably fucking invented that so let's move on yeah let's see how he woke, woke he is tweeting 16 year old girls about their love life or oh texting God. them about that anyhow <laughs> what i like seeing is i love that greg popovich san antonio spurs coach pop longest tenured nba coach by the way has female assistant coaches that he brought on mm-hmm. um and they and i think one of them is actually getting promoted because tim duncan's leaving the spurs so she's going to be assistant head coach. Um, Kyle Shanahan with our team. And I just, you're starting to see that women, girls, women love things dudes do. And they do the same. They do the same thing. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest, most humbling experiences I will tell any dude. I'm not the greatest golfer, but man, I'll go. To the golf, I'll hit a ball like 180 yards, and then this woman comes up to the tee, smacks the driver 250. And it's like, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That should teach you enough about this whole thing. Like you were just alluding to it with Kamala Harris. Talk about being qualified to be vice president. She's a fucking lawyer. She's a badass district attorney. Killed it. Did winning like a, a, an un precedented record of convictions i mean you know say what you will about whatever legal or legal commit whatever but that's what she does she wins Mm -hmm. just like when people talk shit about tom brady it's like well he wins yeah i mean you're hating this weekend (laughs) well that set that aside um we'll table that (laughs) yeah but but one thing that i think it was crazy ass kanye west i don't i don't quote the guy often but I believe it was him that said something. This is years ago, back when he was somewhat respectable. But he said something like, "It's you're doing something wrong if you don't have any haters." Like that that kind of mentality, which I agree with, because when you're successful and you're doing fucking well and you're doing better than other people, they are inclined to dislike you and put you down and try to because you have something that they don't. You are something that they aren't. And unfortunately, our brains, our human brains are geared for war and protection and survival. And we have to train ourselves to actually lift each other up. And I see that as a movement among women, too. Like, don't put someone down because they got that job before you did or they're making more money than you right now. Lift that person up and be like, good job. You deserve that shit. And strive to do that. If that's your goal, then strive to do that. But don't try to tear another person down just because they have something that you don't. You know what I mean? And I feel like, think about like mean girls. That's like the culture of girls for so long. It's like, she has something I want, so I'm going to try to take it from her. And it's like, no, sure, competition is great, but you should be getting things on your own accord, by your own terms, by working for it. So. Yeah, 
I have a question for you, or uh, what do you think about my opinion here? I feel that maybe because social media has become a thing and every voice, every, every person can be heard, unfortunately, because we know there's a lot of dumb people in the world and especially in this country, a lot of dumb motherfuckers. But back in the day, guys like Joe Montana, Michael Jordan, you can even go, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. They were so great. Babe Ruth, even go further back. Babe Ruth or Honus Wagner, somebody like that. Mickey Mantle, who had all these problems, but he was the great Mickey Mantle or great Joe DiMaggio. It was really hard to find people talking shit about their greatness. Fast forward to now, LeBron, Mookie Betts, uh, certain superstar Tom Brady people just love to tear them a new one every single day do you think that's because of social media or do you think we've become a culture which this is my opinion do you think we've become a jealous spiteful culture that that no that might be hindered with the idea of becoming great one day yeah, so I think, so no, I, I wouldn't blame social media. I think it's enhanced it. It gives everyone a, a microphone, um, a megaphone, which sucks. But um, but that's also inherent in our brains. I'm actually, it's funny, I'm reading a book that's all about our negative emotions and how our brains, our brains are geared negatively first. Sure. Um, by nature. So by design, because we're geared for survival and war, not for congratulating others and raising people up. Um, so, so no, it's definitely not social media. It's a survival tactic. It's, it's seeing someone else do really well, sparks a reaction in your brain that you're not doing well and that you're not surviving. You're not getting whatever you feel like you need to get. Um, so, and on the flip side of that, the reason why people are inclined to put someone else down, drag someone through the mud is because that does give your brain those little receptors of making yourself feel better. It makes you feel better to put someone else down. Like that guy was a fucking douchebag. I'm better than that. Cause you're now, you're now putting yourself higher than that other person. And that's another trigger in your brain. That's like, I'm better. I'm surviving better. I'm this, I'm not, I'm in the other thing. So I think it's always been apparent I think it's getting worse now because I think our culture now is getting more entitled, more, you know, you can go back to how millennials were, a lot of them were raised like, you can achieve anything, you can have anything in your wildest dreams if you just want it bad enough. When it's like, no, like you actually have to try hard, you have to work hard, you're going to get rejected, you're going to get turned down, but you have to fucking figure your shit out and do it for yourself and not rely on other people. Um, so I think, I think older generations, you know, our parents' generations, generation before them, um, they didn't have that much assistance and they didn't also automatically compare themselves to everyone else. Like how we now, because of technology, sure, I think technology enhances it, but we are now looking at our phones and being like, damn, why don't I look like Kylie Jenner? You know what I mean? It's like you open up your phone, you flip through something, and it's like, oh, 
I'm not Elon Musk. You know what I mean? And it's like, whether you're consciously in that mindset or not, it's happening in your brain. So it's like these things can bring us those kinds of things that we see that we're faced with, bring us down emotionally. And then we act out in a way to try to make us feel better, which could be putting someone else down, talking shit, comparing ourselves, whatever it is. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I think it's definitely cultural. A lot of it's cultural. And I just think like social media makes it worse, more accessible, more in our faces. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I just see and then maybe that's the reason why, no, that is the reason why men are so put women down so quickly about things and emotional. Oh, for sure. I can, even in my own dating experiences, I don't Uh-oh. know. There okay. yeah, we go. Anytime, and I've talked with other women about this too, and they've had similar experiences. If we were dating a guy who was not quite as established as us, like let's say I've lived on my own since I was 18, essentially, and I've had a pretty stable career for the last 10, 12 years. So it's like, I remember dating someone who was still finishing school. I think I was only like 27, 28. I was, he was still finishing school. We are the same age. Uh, lived with his parents I mean still in school whatever I wasn't judging I was like fucking yeah do your shit figure it out major in what you want to major in and then start working right but I could tell it bothered him I think he felt inadequate he didn't feel good enough he felt like he was behind me and it just it meant it made for not conflict but I could tell it was like we weren't exactly on the same page and it made him feel insecure. If I came home from work and was like bitching, complaining about a client call or whatever, he couldn't relate to that. So it was, it was something that was like a riff. And I've seen that happen before too. It's like, it's, so it's very interesting. I think it makes a man's ego kind of even more fragile than it already is. Yeah, I, I would, from being and watching the World Series in Cleveland in 2016, there's a lot of guys that I would not want to even touch employment for a baseball team. Just, just <laughs> letting you know that. I got in a lot of almost fights because I run my big mouth with telling them facts because they didn't understand that the, the bat has to hit the ball in a certain way. And the way that the man on the other side of the mound is pitching has the movement of the pitch, hence the bat and the ball in their friction does not generate a base hit or a, or a, what we call a solid line drive. Hmm. They're like, why aren't they swinging the bats today? Uh, because they're getting fucking owned by the pitcher, buddy. That's why. <laughs> Baseball works both ways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good give and receive, you know? Well, it's just amazing to hear just Again, ignorance in all subjects. I seem to be, my acumen seems to be more in music and sports and history. And others can be mathematics or science, for God's sake, right? Yeah, look at that. Look at the cabinet that, uh, that uh, uh, Biden's packing in there. Science. Yeah, I think, I think oh, it's uh, agrees. <laughs> 2021, we're bringing back science. <laughs> we just bring back smart people, really. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so I just think it's unfortunate to your point that the threat, like I've always, since I was seven or eight, when I found out that Stedman was a thing, you know, Stedman. Stedman. 
Stedman, right? Honey, that's such a random. <laughs> no, it's not. The one of the most important women of all time, Oprah Winfrey, has Stedman. Yeah. And to me, Stedman's smart. He's got his master's and ED and all that stuff. And he's got um he's got a bunch of books and he's an adjunct professor at Full Sail. Like, that's great. He ain't gonna ever be Oprah Winfrey. Oh, he knows that. <laughs> but he's down for that. Like, that's the Stedman way, dude. The kept man. There's nothing wrong with being the kept man. It's kind of cool. Yeah, just be there and just support Oprah, you know? Like, what? Oh, you need a, more tea? All right, I got you, babe. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. I got you, babe. Hey, can I get that big screen in my band cave? Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Asking for a friend. Gonna have the guys over, you know? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. Yeah. It's kind of... It, I've always looked at Stedman. I'm like, you got to be Stedman. Like, mm-hmm. dudes, you got to be Stedman. You can do your own thing. And if your girl, you can never achieve what she's going to be. That's okay. Because yeah. you're a team. So work for it, right? Uh, it's so, Stedman's a hero. He will go down in the kept man hall of fame. He is kept man number one. Mm-hmm. And there will be. Doug, uh, Kamala Harris's husband could be in the running for kept man number two. <laughs> yeah. And I know that Serena Williams' husband is very smart. Very, very smart. But he will always be Serena Williams' husband. Oh, yeah. 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 And you know what? Wear that title with pride. (laughs) And I think he does. I think he's like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking hell yeah. Because my wife is one of the greatest women to ever play sports. Not just tennis, but ever play sports. Mm -hmm. He's a goat. So... I think people need to, those dudes are living life and they're happy. They look happy, at least from what I could see. And uh, you're stuck in your mom's basement in your underwear at 46, tweeting out things of what are her qualifications? Yeah. What are your fucking qualifications for anything? I pick up dirt. (laughs) I move dirt from one spot to another spot. He waters the lawn once a week. But I move dirt. I move wood from one spot to another spot. He moves this wood, maybe. That's about it. Ooh, does he? (laughs) Does he? Can he? Can he? That's probably the only thing he's somewhat good at. And I'm only going to say somewhat. (laughs) That is a six out of 10. But I just. Guys need to get over a lot of things. It's going to be a while, but the trend is happening. I'm very happy about this. Very happy what's going on. And I hope that, um, I really, really, really hope that Amy Palsic gets her justice, which AKA means cash and, and finds herself a real NFL team that isn't losing all the time, by the way, or choking in the playoffs. So she can play really good PR. Being yeah, I mean, look, we got we got the hot boys, we got the yak boys, we got tight end, you know, national tight end day. Just saying, San Francisco, you want to make a hire? That'd be really cool. Here you go. Sounds like a good move. Sounds like a great move. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on and talking about uh, these women and how awesome they are and what they're doing and how awesome that is. Down with the patriarchy. Woo! <laughs> I'll love you and we'll talk soon. All right, love you. Bye.